All right, man. Dude, I got to be honest. I am kind of chomping at the bit here. Since we no leave, worries. Let's we, go for it, man. We leave in the morning, so I'm friggin' anxious. So like, I don't think I'm going to sleep at all tonight. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to. Well, you know, I mean, I so I don't know about you, but I can normally, like, I can't really sleep on planes, but I can take a long series of naps. Oh, I'm so jealous. I can't do that well, at all. Well, so I, I mean, can't... like, I'm just talking like a series of 15-minute naps. You know, those ones where it's like, after 15 minutes, some part of me is now stiff and sore, and so I need to find a new <laughs> position. But, like, I can at least kind of doze. But I'm guessing between entertaining the girls or at least trying to keep them from being completely out their minds Terrors. on the plane and everything. Yeah. yeah. It, and even though even if I didn't have them, I still can't sleep on a plane. I can't sleep. If I'm not driving, I can't sleep. <laughs> um but... Uh, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I'm worried about the implication on the other side of that. So, but yeah, no, I can't. You sleep better while you are driving then? At least I'm in control. I know that. You know, like, I I can trust myself to Not careen if you're off asleep. of a bridge. But I just can't trust somebody else to careen <laughs> off of a bridge. I, I don't know why. It's not rational. But it's just one of those things. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, leaving, I we're getting up at, oh, godforsaken hour, I don't know, 4 o'clock, something like that, and we're going to be on the road at 5.15, flight leaves at 8.40, so it'll be interesting, man, we're going to have, what, 13 or 14 of us on a Disney World trip. <laughs> oh, I, man. I tell everybody it's either going to be the best thing ever, or we'll never talk to each other again. I, it yeah, could go it either does way. Feel like one of those, it does feel like one of those not a whole lot of room for a middle ground situation. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so let's see. It's... Mm-hmm. Yep. Her Kristen, folks. Yep. Her brother. Uh, is her brother going? Yep, her okay. brother. My brother and his family of... Wife and three children. Yep. So that's a yeah no man that's uh that's a lot that's a whole fam damley yep so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes I think I think it's gonna be good I mean we're Kristen's been working on it like it's a full time job for the last three months so I there's literally I was telling somebody like if it rained chickens we would be prepared for that like we <laughs> we have thought of everything so well, you know fate favors the prepared and. Absolutely. Fate should smile upon us at Disney World because we are prepared. So we'll see. We'll see. But it'll be good. So if you guys are out there, watch the Instagram. And ooh, ooh, we're on TikTok. Which, by the way, everybody, <laughs> TikTok is mainly just me doing really stupid videos. So they're 15 seconds each and they're silly. Um, so uh, I, I find them entertaining. I don't know if anybody else does, but... Looking forward to a lot of 15-second snippets from the world of Disney. Yes, yep, that. And then I always re kind of recap the day uh, at the end of the night with a bunch of pictures and stories on Instagram and stuff just because the amount of content in a place like that is immense. 
you know, and there's beverages. Like we're gonna do the food and wine festival at Epcot, so we're actually gonna nice. like, tour the whole place. And so there's gonna be beer and wine and other fancy drinks and food, and so there's gonna be lots of lots of stuff to share that's on brand. So, and how long are you guys out there on this one? Oh, uh, seven, uh, six days, I think. So there's four parks. We're going to. All four parks and one of them twice, so that's five, and we have a day off in the middle. So six full days and then two travel days. So it's a long trip. It is. It is. But I think especially I feel like the uh, the travel days being built in as days where you don't have anything going that day, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good call. Because, I mean, I know the temptation would definitely have to be there, you know, when you're getting in tomorrow, you know, that idea of, oh, well, you know. Let's go just do a little bit, but yeah. Well, you lose so I've much heard... time on the flight because we're going to the East Coast. You lose, I think we lose two hours. It's not daylight savings time yet, so right. So we'll leave at eight forty, but we won't get there until four thirty or something like that. Yeah, that's true. So, well, I guess well, I should welcome everybody to the things... podcast too. Oh, at some yeah, point, I guess we can you know, do that. I guess Fine, they're here too. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We're here for delicious beverages and meaningful conversations, both of which I am confident you will get tonight because I am super excited for super excited. I was mixing excited and stoked, so it came out excited. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I like it. Super excited for our topic tonight. Uh, what did you have to drink this week? Anything good? Uh, actually, so. Really, probably the most interesting thing I had was actually our own. Um, mm. I, I finished off one of my Bill Drone six packs from from Kings, and I've already posted about those beers, and so it hasn't really been a whole lot else on mm-hmm. that front. But then at the farmers market, having that pumpkin spice cold brew that yeah. you did mm-hmm. that was that was really good, and I, so admittedly. Pumpkin spice is not a flavor that I've ever been super excited for. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's not, you know, it's not bad, but it's even things like pumpkin pie. I really only enjoy pumpkin pie because it happens to be an edible plate that allows me to consume massive quantities of whipped cream. <laughs> yeah. And so with, with that being kind of my context, when you told me that you'd made the app, the, the pumpkin spice one, I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll give it a try. And I got to say, though, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's still definitely not under the category of my cup of tea. The pumpkin spice just isn't something that I'm going to want a whole bottle of. Right. But at the same time, it was a really kind of nice spiced flavor to it. Yeah. It worked really well with the cold brew. And it wasn't so overpowering that I felt like I couldn't drink it or anything like that. Right. It was just it was a really nice change of pace coffee. Yeah, it's not like licking one of those cinnamon pine cones. It's not that. It's not. It's strong. It's very spicy, but it's not like poignant. Like it doesn't punch you in the face or anything. It's. Uh, I keep telling like I want somebody to try it as like a mocktail. Like have like eggnog with the spiced coffee in the morning, or like your spiced coffee and splash it with eggnog come Christmas time. Like I think. Okay. I think that would be interesting because like I use spiced rum with eggnog, and that's really good. Of course, yeah. I know I know eggnog is in a couple of months, but you know, like the whole seasonal things, like you can just mix it up with that spiced coffee. I think it would 
I think it would work. We we just splash it with almond milk, and it's uh, it's nice. Like I said, it's different. And the maple syrup, it, it sweetens it, but it doesn't sweeten. Like, I thought maple syrup would be like pancake syrup, and it's nothing yeah. like that at all. It's actually kind of earthy and sweet to it, as and then it's got the sugar, of course, but it's it rounds the flavor out in a much different way than I thought it was going to. So the, the real maple syrup, I think, makes it um, a little bit more balanced, too. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. So for me, I busted into Oktoberfest, man. I love Oktoberfest. It's my favorite uh, season. Uh, fall is my – autumn is my favorite season, so I love the colors and the changes, and then it coincides with some of my favorite beers, which is Oktoberfest. And I had yeah. the Warsteiner uh, I posted on this recently. but boy, I saw that on the Instagram, yeah. It was really, really good. And that was one of oh, the first yeah. times where the like kind of uh, the caramel malts really came through for me. Okay. And this Good. is where, so I think the German beers. The reason why I like them is because they don't they just use the four ingredients, right? They have their whole purity right. laws, purity, whatever the German word is. Um, but you can actually taste the ingredients that way. You know, like they're not messing with, they're not mad scientists going crazy on stuff. They're just like, here's these four things in different combinations. So you can be like, oh, the, the malts shine in this one or the hop shines in that one or the, this or that. And so this one, the, the caramel malt in it was really good. And I was able to be like, oh, that's what a caramel malt tastes like. And so now I can register that in my brain for when they say caramel malts versus, you know, dark malts or light malts or, you know, something like that I can compare it to. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big fan for Oktoberfest yeah. beers, man. Any Anytime they're out, I'm buying all of them. Well, I guess I, I like I'm buying all <laughs> the German ones. I don't really buy like Fair. Sierra Nevadas or anything. I'm, I buy all the, the ones that just come out for Oktoberfest. Nope. The Warsteiner is always a like in general. Uh, I've had a few things from them that I really like. They mm-hmm. are, they are really solid, uh, and they're one of those ones where it's nice because they're really good and they're also really available. Like mm-hmm. it's not uncommon, especially around this time of year, as we head into fall, to find them even in, like just the local grocery store. Right. Uh, so the, you don't you don't have to go hunting for them, and they're still really tasty. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, are you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm so, so excited, man. All right, everybody. So tonight, you have the pleasure of listening to two grown men have a Disney princess throwdown. Yep. Oh, I've been wanting there to do that is, noise man. for a long time. I've been like, I need to find a reason <laughs> to use that noise. Um, and here it is. So if I use the, brum, 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 <laughs> you can just tell me to stop. I'll, I'll, I won't do it anymore. I promise. Uh, I was gonna say like I'm, I'm totally cool with it so far. But if it happens too many more times, we might have an issue. Um, <laughs> oh crap! So yeah, I why think, don't you walk uh, us? Why don't you walk us through this? Because you have this, this like I liked the idea, and then you made it legit. So why don't you walk us through our our methodology here? No problem, man. So it is kind of one of those things where, yes, we could sit down and just sort of ramble our way through Disney princesses and give our takes on them and all of that. But I figured 
I like having clear-cut winners, even if we disagree about who those winners are, which is really, in order to do that, you've got to have some rules established. And so the first thing is there are going to be some very popular Disney characters whose names you will not hear. Probably the one that I'm expecting the most people to be kind of wondering, where is she at, is probably Mulan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mulan and others of her ilk are not going to be part of this discussion because this is a Disney princess throwdown. And so she is neither of the family of royalty, nor did she marry royalty. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sure, high-ranking military family, but <laughs> not royalty, therefore not a princess. And so we had to leave her out. Yep. Um, yep. From there, we went ahead and put together a list of 12 of the Disney princesses and we split them into two time periods for the sake of our uh, for the sake of our bracket. We're calling it the old school bracket versus the new school bracket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we picked at complete convenience reasoning, 1995 as the cutoff, yeah. because we had six before 1995 and six afterwards, and so that was why we picked the year. It's nothing about a change in artistic style. I thought about doing the CGI princesses in one bracket and the hand-drawn in another, but it would have been eight and four. And so instead, just went ahead and did the, hey, here's a year where six of them are before and six are after. How perfect. From there, because realistically, since it's just going to be the two of us having this debate, if we ranked them based on our choices, it would be one of those really boring brackets where everything just goes chalk. The favorites mm-hmm. win every mm-hmm. single time because we're the ones debating it and our rankings would end up being the same as the final ones. So instead, to give uh, the illusion of <laughs> kind of a objectivity in this, I went ahead and looked up the gross uh, ticket sales and things like that for the movies. Yeah. And their ranks are based entirely on their grossing value, which, again, is another reason why it's good we did the old school and new school as two separate brackets because they were not realistically the amount of money. Exactly. Exactly. And the amount of money that was spent is just so vastly different. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, even with that being said, I do want to just go ahead and acknowledge and I don't anticipate this having any say in the argument itself but there was an overwhelming difference between number one and number two on the list so the top grossing movie the top grossing one of our 12 princess movies that we pulled from is Frozen with 1.2 billion yeah And the next closest, and again, this does not have any adjustment for inflation or anything like that, so it's probably not super technical, but second place was Moana with $643 million, which is just slightly better than half of Frozen's gross. So, yeah, it was pretty one-sided if we were using that as the deciding factor. But so we've got our 12 princesses. Uh, I will be posting a picture of my hastily drawn bracket to go with the podcast itself on our yep. website. But basically the way it worked is we've got six princesses in each one. And in order to have the rounds work out, we gave a buy to the top two grossing ones in each of our time periods. And then 
I like that. So we've got a total of 11 rounds. So our our seedings, by the way, in the old school bracket, at number one, we have Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Number two is Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. Those make so much sense for me. Oh, yeah. And then the, the third seed is Ariel from The Little Mermaid, up against the sixth seed, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. And then finishing out the bracket, we've got Snow White at the four seed versus Cinderella at the five. So in the I old school bracket, it's I it should be in our old school bracket. We've got Belle, Jasmine, Ariel, Aurora, Snow White and Cinderella in that order. In the new school bracket, we have Anna from Frozen. One more point of clarification. The reason it's just Anna and not Elsa is because technically Elsa's a queen in the movie. Yep. Anna yep. is the one who's still a princess. And we really didn't want to have a two-on-one throwdown. So yeah. uh, Anna, number one. Moana, number two. Rapunzel from Tangled up against Tiana from The Princess and the Frog mm-hmm. is our sixth seed. And then Merida from Brave is our four seed, and Pocahontas is the five seed. Yeah. What's your initial call so right off the bat? What are you looking at? What do you think? Oh, in terms of, like, matchups? Yeah, like, what do you think? Uh, Honestly, I'm kind of leaning. It, so it's based purely on this point. I, I put together kind of some categories for us to evaluate them on, but I, in the interest of fairness did not go ahead and think through my arguments on them particularly. That's fair. So just going purely from a sentimental, which yep. one is my favorite, Yep. I'm really pulling strongly for, uh, I really want Rapunzel from Tangled. Yeah. And man, the old, I think. I thoroughly enjoyed her. Yeah. I think the new school looks unbalanced and the old school looks very even. Well, I think that's the advantage of the old school having had, so the the grossing for the movies does include some of the resales and post theater sales and those kinds of things. Yeah. And so I think they've had more time to balance themselves out. And I do feel like the bottom portion of the bracket, as much as I do enjoy them, like I finally saw The Princess and the Frog within the last week or two. Yep. Hadn't seen it before. Really enjoyed it. Pretty good movie. Yeah. But I do feel like yeah, the bottom half of the new school bracket feels pretty weak. Yep. Uh, the old school bracket. The old school bracket is a lot harder for me to pick a favorite in. Yeah, I feel like the old school brackets, like the Big Ten, where everybody's kind of good. They're all kind of heavy hitters, and then like the new schools, like Pac-12, where you have half the schools are elite competitors, and the other half are chumps. <laughs> well, so in recent years. I don't know that I think you might be being a little bit generous saying half the Pac-12 is that's legitimate. fair. That's a, but, that's a fair point. But, but yeah, that's no, no, I, I, I hear comparison. what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying. So I mentioned the categories and basically my thought on this was I definitely wanted it to be an odd number of categories. And so basically whichever one of the princesses wins two of those three categories is the one mm-hmm. who wins that mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I kind of went with three categories two of which are semi-realistic like semi-real world put yourself in those shoes and one of which is purely look this is a disney conversation (laughs) this has to be there yes so the 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 two semi-real ones 
are leadership prospects. If you were a citizen in their kingdom, how excited slash terrified would you be about the day they came to rule? Yep. And so obviously the ones who you're more confident in as a leader, the ones who you're more willing to envision yourself living in their kingdom, those are probably the ones who are going to win that battle, that that, category. And that category is going to have all of your character uh, characteristics, your, your virtues, your faults. Stuff like that. Right. Right, okay. Absolutely. Uh, Your second one is talents for battle. Now, this could be possibly strategy stuff in terms of organizing battle, but for the most part, it's really kind of Mm. more like how desperately are they going to need someone to come in and save them versus how much can they kind of hold their own? Dude, I see that being a huge thorn in the old school. Because like, the whole like it, female empowerment movement for the new school totally changed the princesses and how they approach. That's gonna that be is an in- true. But, interesting point. But I'm I would also say it. when we look at the new school for some of that leadership stuff, I'm I'm more concerned because there there's also a little bit more of a tendency to just lean yeah. into the silliness they have on fun. some of the new yeah. school ones. They're a lot more where, flawed. Exactly. Lovely people would love to hang out with them and spend time with them. But if they were making decisions on which my fate depended, I would be nervous. Yep. So those are our two semi-real ones. And then, because it's a Disney conversation, we've got to address the musical chops. (laughs) Like, what do they... And so this is not just an evaluation of the princess, uh, because in some cases that would be completely unfair, but also just sort of acknowledging the music of the movie to a certain Mm. extent. Yep. Uh, Obviously, tiebreaker is going to go down to the individual princess and her ability to carry a tune or uh, perform, entertain, do the things that a Disney princess is required to do. Right. Bonus points if you can make woodland creatures serve (laughs) you based on your singing abilities. I think that's part of a qualification for a Disney princess. Like, don't you have to have some sort of... It definitely feels like it. Yeah. I mean, they say it in Moana where Maui's like, uh, daughter of a chief, you got an animal guide, you're a princess. Yeah. Something I don't have the quote Or the part where she's talking about, like, uh, the ocean chose you for a reason. And you hear the rock Maui saying, if you start singing, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so... Let's get into this. Realistically, yeah, exactly. I'm so freaking we're ready to throw try it out. And try and keep it semi brief. Yep. But like at the same time, we're having fun with this. Wherever it goes, it goes. So I'll leave it to you. Do you want to start with the old school bracket or do you want to go new school? Uh, let's start old school. I think okay. the first round of the new school the, is going to go real fast. That's probably true. And so that's my second question is when we go through this, do you want to just power through the entire old school bracket until we end up with our old school champ and then do the whole new school or go first round on each side and then second round on each side and so on? Ooh, I feel like I want to go round by round. Perfect. Love it. Then let's go ahead and get started in the first round of the old school. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right. So we've got leading off our three seed. Ariel from The Little Mermaid up against Princess Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Yep. Now, I've got to say, again, sentimentally speaking, and this is kind of a weird one to have tied to my childhood, but apparently 
as a young child, I watched Sleeping Beauty so much that we burned through the VHS. Are you serious? Like the tape stopped working. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, that wasn't Sleeping Beauty. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm remembering my own childhood wrong. Okay. I was no, going to say, that was Cinderella. Like... I take it back. It was all about the talking mice. Okay. Know? Yep, yep. So never mind. Right. I'm getting a battle ahead. Okay. So, so Ariel was Ariel big, Ariel versus Aurora. Oh, yeah. Okay. The so... Little Mermaid is definitely... The Little Mermaid has had some of the best staying power mm-hmm. in spite of the terrible, terrible sequels and other things that have <laughs> attempted to bring her down. Uh, Ariel continues to thrive as one of the all-time favorites in the Disney Princess list. Children today still big fans in yeah. spite of, again, nothing worthwhile new involving her in quite some time. So... Hmm. Let's go ahead and take a look at our categories here. So, leadership prospects. Aurora versus Ariel. Which one do you think you would feel more confident in their kingdom? So, I feel like Ariel was kind of a uh, spoiled little girl. Little brat, basically. Not holding a lot of responsibility. But at the same time, Aurora was in a log cabin raised by fairies and then slept for the rest of the movie. So, you know, she didn't have a whole lot of leading capability either. Yeah. We didn't get to see a whole lot from her. That's very true. But Um, she did seem more stable in character than Ariel did. And that's fair. And I, I agree with that. Probably very stable. Although to be clear, Again, I think that's because her character was very kind of stable and stagnant. Mm -hmm. Quite literally, actually, as she was asleep for so much (laughs) of the movie. But, like, I think with... So, I would lean on the leadership. I would lean... At the same time, we see a lot of growth. Her having to overcome things. They weren't overcome for her. They weren't, you know... She wasn't asleep while all of the challenges were being dealt with. She was actually actively involved in fixing problems of her own making, yes. But nevertheless, I feel like there was a lot of maturing that happened in that process. And I think the Ariel by the end of the movie feels like someone who I would be more confident in than I would have with Aurora in Sleeping Beauty. Hmm. I think I feel like I want to argue with you, but I don't have any evidence to to use because I think Aurora is a victim of her own story. I mean, she's she's really a non-factor. It should really be like the story of is it is her prince Philip? No, not Philip. I believe so. Yes, is it Philip? Okay, it, it should have been his movie, not hers. And so it I, kind I, of I, by default was yeah. So I we we basically have to give it to Ariel. For leadership, because she's the only one that demonstrated any sort of leadership, or any sort of yeah. anything really. So it's hard Very to true. hard to give Aurora anything on that. And and I'll be honest, I feel like the next category, similarly very problematic for Aurora. Uh, one of these two characters fought the Sea Witch. I mean, granted, with help. Mm-hmm. But one of them mm-hmm. fought the sea witch, and the other one was taken out by a spinning wheel. So, I mean, 
Yeah, because again, the prince did all the fighting. He fought Maleficent. He fought the dragon. Did everything, and then kissed her, yeah. and then she woke up. So and that's how the movie ends. She's completely you know? a victim of her story. Like I feel like Aurora got screwed in this ordeal. To be fair, though, at the same time, she's also the lowest seed. So yeah, yeah. She, I, I feel like it's then, still a pretty accurate thing. Yeah, and then. Our, our final category, musical chops. A lot more eater. Yeah, that's like... ...in Philip's costume, mm-hmm. dancing and singing along and all of this. Yeah. Right in line with... Right in the sweet spot of the Disney musical tradition. Yep. Uh, and it's classic. At the same I... time? Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's... I haven't seen the movie in decades, quite literally, mm-hmm. and yet, nevertheless, I could. I'm not going to because I don't want all of our listeners to go away, but I could either hum or sing along <laughs> with a good chunk of the song right now. Yeah. Um, and I love Ariel's voice, but to be honest, my favorite songs are not sung by Ariel. That's very true. I, I agree with that. I, I feel like Sebastian was actually the... Yeah. My highlight musically in it. Yep. But at the same time, do have to give Ariel credit for apparently her being the star of the musical performances in the undersea world with the way that everyone kind of insisted on her having to be part of Sebastian's shows and everything. So I'll give her credit, but I would actually side with Aurora on that one and not just for pity points. Yeah. That is a factor. I was going to say that's a major factor for me just because I don't want her to get swept, but I think we can squarely label Ariel the victor of round one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say Ariel is easily moving on to her next matchup in round two. Our other old school matchup is Snow White versus Cinderella. Now, Snow Snow White deserves some special recognition before we move on as the one who started it all. Mm-hmm, the original mm-hmm. Disney princess. The original animated feature, in fact. Yeah. You know, the first time that they made a full-length animated film. And so, I just want everyone to know we are properly recognizing the fact that without Snow White, <laughs> none of the rest of these happen. Uh, and I'm making a point of saying that, not so much because I think she's going to lose in this round. I don't necessarily have a strong feeling on that one way or the other but because i don't like her chances of winning the whole thing and so i want to just go ahead and get that acknowledged so for leadership though i feel like snow snow is a homemaker i mean she is your typical 19 when did snow white come out like the 30s 50s 50s okay so i mean Wait, no, no, no i'm sorry she was in she was in 1937 you're right yeah the 30s i'm sorry i got cinderella who is 1950 was the yeah. one i was looking at so she is very much a 1930s homemaker you know like so she runs away is scared through the forest ends up in the house and then just basically nannies the seven dwarfs until they are willing to chase the witch off the cliff for her you know, so she's right. she's very much a homemaker. I feel like leadership wise, uh, I mean, she whipped the dwarfs into shape, so I guess that counts for something. I was gonna say they were they were basically what you would expect a house full of seven bachelors. They were what you would expect, and she got them 
mm. you know, straightened out. Excellent points. Um, but similarly, so Cinderella, let's be clear, also not someone with a whole lot of high-level leadership experience. Yeah. Uh, the the abused and neglected stepdaughter, uh, again, largely less homemaker and more just chore-doer. Yeah. However, Operational excellence, though. Absolutely. And I will say, <laughs> I think... I think the other area, there are two areas where I give her the edge in leadership. And it is, again, subtle differences here because, well, that's kind of the the area we find ourselves dealing in when we're looking at these two. So for one thing, she was responsible uh, for organizing the animals in the house and getting their help to accomplish tasks that she, she was set up to fail with. She was asked to do things that it was expected to be impossible for her to get them done and succeeded magnificently through her leadership and through her ability to organize these barnyard animals and mice in the house. And you have to be something special if they're going to take the initiative to take care of you, then she had to have been taking care of them fairly well. Absolutely. And hmm. so they both kind of have the similar qualities there. They do, they do. But here's where I'm going to lean into Cinderella having the edge in this category for me. She also has a lot more direct conflict resolution experience. Mm. Having to survive and manage in a house uh, where her entire life is greeted with outright hostility. As opposed to Snow White, who was largely adored by the Seven Dwarfs. And so... And then when there the going wasn't... got tough at the beginning, she fled, which I mean, I guess is part of it. But like, I, I I get I get your point there. I think that's right. They are both swooning princesses, the old school, where they kind of throw mm-hmm. themselves on the ground when something bad happens. But um, yeah, okay, I'm willing to give uh, leadership to Cinderella based on that. Okay, cool, cool. Next up, talents for battle. Hmm. Now here I feel like is where we're this is really the battle where I was looking at or the category where I was looking at this in terms of less their own individual ability to fight and more looking at their uh, ability to rally the troops kind of. Yeah, exactly. Because realistically, neither one of them, one was defeated by an apple, granted Mm -hmm. a poisoned apple delivered by a witch, and the other one was very nearly defeated by a door. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I might give this one to Snow, though, because, I mean, she literally got seven dudes to stand up and go waste a witch for her. So, um, all right, musically, uh, I completely lean into Cinderella on this one. I am not a fan of Snow White's voice. Okay. To Snow for for being the one to get it started, um, but if this was the part, '30s, it probably we'd probably have different opinions. But it's 2019, and we don't like that voice. Talking about with the song, and in this case, it's less songs and more the song that really stands out to me is 
the the whistle while you work mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. not really that's not snow white that's the dwarves and so yeah there's just a lot of there's a lot of small details working against her on this where yep. i'm leaning cinderella which according to my tally means we've got our first upset win. i mean granted it it's a four versus five upset so not a massive one but nevertheless right. we do have an upset here nice okay under the new school huh yeah, so in okay. the new school, our first matchup is Rapunzel versus Tiana. Uh, Rapunzel from Tangled, mm. who I already announced my bias, is the one I'm pulling for yeah. to, to take the whole thing. Um, Tiana... I think that's a strong bet, too. Yeah. Because I think when you're, when you're looking think... at leadership, Rapunzel has like demonstrated leadership both in her movie and then she's also got the the tangled tv TV show show. that's true and the tv show is excellent by the way but i mean she is constantly leading her group uh she screws up but then she fixes it she's got all of these people i mean like she's a clear clear princess leader she's got it on point well i mean so here here's the thing in the when she first leaves the tower and they end up at that uh, rogues gallery, that, that bar with all mm-hmm. the, the villains and scum and everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, there it is. She manages in a moment, in a matter of moments, to have all of them now prepared to fight royal guards and all of this mm-hmm. stuff to allow her to escape. That's impressive. You know, especially coming from the perspective of her being locked away in this tower. If there was ever going to be a character who would have the built-in excuse for being a wilting flower at the first sign of conflict or struggle, it would have been her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's had her whole life. She's been told about the dangers of being outside. She manages to locate Flynn's... Uh, motivations and manages to kind of manipulate him into doing what she wants. And even when he tries to turn things around on her, she almost instantly turns all of them back on him to where she's the one who now has these allies and he's just kind of left in awe. Yeah. And meanwhile, Tiana though, I will say demonstrates excellent uh, motivation, commitment to a goal and follow through. Yeah. uh, As she's the, the amount of effort and energy she is dedicating to seeing through this vision of the restaurant is unbelievably yeah unbelievably like I, I would I would totally hire her for my the GM of our shop but I don't know that I would uh, vote for her for leader of my country yeah I was gonna say the problem is it's all very micro scale stuff yeah yeah um, and right. we don't see a whole lot of she, she is the beneficiary of running into some really, really good-natured... Uh, I'll stop... Mm-hmm. On the flip side, Rapunzel is taking outright hostility and turning that into allies. Yeah. So, to me, that's the... Yeah. Yep, agreed. I also think it's a clear win on the fight, too, because, I mean, Rapunzel's legit, man. She can throw down. And she does it regularly. Yeah, who knew, right? <clears throat> I 
and T- I don't think Tiana even fights anybody. We're like trying to cook the frogs up. I don't even remember when that the, part. I've only seen the, this movie in, once. in the swamp. Gotcha. So in the in the swamp, there's the the three hunters who are basically looking to catch and cook the frogs, uh, and she and the prince take them out really solidly. Okay, does a pretty good job, especially in frog form. All um, right. Okay. But again, at the same time, Rapunzel's use of the frying pan, her hair that up until the end of the movie, at least she has access to that brings healing. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a huge plus to have in battle. Yes. Not to mention she is so skilled at using her hair, like for maneuvering and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's like I'm not sure about the physics behind it. <laughs> so all I can but... think about is Spider Man with Captain America's shield. Man, that thing totally doesn't follow the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm just sitting there thinking like every time a girl in my classroom gets her hair like stuck in part of a seat or something and starts to move and the, ah, 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 that happens. Yep. And then here she is like swinging by her own hair. Like <laughs> again, I'm, I'm not convinced of the realism of it, but Hey, it's magical hair that can heal people. So I guess it makes yeah. sense that it would be strong enough to swing her around by. Yeah. So yeah, again, I'm giving that to Rapunzel th- without even, we're through two categories and it's already over. Yeah. Um, and I really, mean, Tiana could sing well, singing, but Rapunzel was also an excellent singer. I mean, they, I think they're probably is. pretty even on this one, on the music. I, I would say that they're, talent-wise, they're pretty even. Uh, song-wise, mm. uh, Rapunzel's songs I enjoy more. Yeah. But at the same time, Tiana, with her ability to use the, the bluegrass, yeah. I think shouldn't be underestimated. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're not watching Tiana the Frog and the Princess, or Princess and the Frog, if you're not watching it mm-hmm. with the right expectations, you won't enjoy it as much as you should. Like, we didn't know yeah. that it was, like, we didn't approach it with the proper cultural understanding. Like, we thought we were just going to fit it in the same box as all the other princess movies. And so there's so much more music in this one, and the oh, music yeah. is so much different. And so we were just kind of, like, kind of put off. But then, you know revisiting it later and taking into consideration the cultural aspects you're like oh okay no that was good but yeah we Kristen actually has the tangled cd and we listen to it like so there you go the music's legit so it's raps is definitely the winner yeah i was gonna say i i feel like this is our first clean sweep uh again credit to tiana and also a little bit of trivia one thing that I think is really cool is that it was the last fully hand-drawn uh, animated movie mm. that Disney has done, uh, and it I is that. it is really cool going back and watching it. Um, just a, like I said a couple weeks ago, the animation in that is excellent. That, get the animation in it, mm-hmm. and that the difference in style, mm-hmm. which is sadly probably going away. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's astonishing. Yep. So All our right. final first round matchup. Uh, <sighs> which, honestly, these are two of my least favorite Disney oh, movies. Really? Well, I, I mean, Pocahontas, so, I completely understand that. So Brave, I like better than Pocahontas as a movie. Um, 
I just felt like it. There wasn't. There's not a whole lot about it that makes it genuinely memorable for me. You know what That's I mean? Fair. Like it. It. It's not bad. It's just whereas the rest of these, uh, it doesn't take long for me to come up with a litany of parts of the movie that I really enjoyed and are yeah. like, oh yeah, you know, no, remember when this happens. Whereas with Brave, it's more like, yeah, you know what? That was that was a fun way to kill an hour and a half or two. You know, I, but, I I like it so much because it's like one of the few Disney princess movies that's not dependent on a prince. Like it's really a mom absolutely. and daughter story. And so that's it sticks out for me that way. That's fair. So leadership, okay, though. Well, so I feel like both of these probably I, are actually pretty strong leaders. Yeah, they're both probably pretty strong. But like Pocahontas... I feel like is where I would give the edge to in terms of she in the context of the movie, let's not bring historical realities into this. No, no. Um, but in, in the context of the movie, she, and see, that's the same thing. Merida almost does the exact same thing. The four tribes were at the brink of war fighting over the marriage and she's the one that settles it. And creates, the situation that they need saving from. Whereas whereas Pocahontas, it's more like these circumstances were happening either way. And yet here she is putting a stop to it. And I think, so at the same time, I feel like that falls under the category of kind of some hair splitting. But like you said, it's a really close one. Okay. And so that's where I would lean. I, I would say leadership goes to Pocahontas. Okay. The next category I don't think is particularly close I don't in terms think of so actual battle abilities because Merida's whole thing is the reason she doesn't need to get married is because she she's probably own. a better warrior than any of the three yeah. who are supposed to be absolutely competing for her hand. Yeah, uh, and in fact demonstrates that much to her father's annoyance. Yep. Um, and Pocahontas is basically a hippie pacifist, so. <laughs> uh, if if I'm going to go to fight with somebody, it's going to be Merida, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just... So, again, leadership and the negotiating abilities, I feel like Pocahontas has really got a little mm. bit of an edge there. Okay. But in terms of if negotiations break down, yeah, I want Merida on my side. <sighs> but music-wise, though, I don't know that... Does Merida even sing? I don't think she does does i think i think brave is like one of the few strange movies that's not a musical i don't think brave is a musical and so i don't know that she sings one there's lots of singing like there's background music and scottish yes but i don't think it's her at all highland right and And that really frustrates me because i am intrinsically opposed to pocahontas winning this but colors of the wind is a huge song Right. And so that it, it's a huge song. Now, admittedly, there's a very real part of me that is like, but is not singing still better than being stuck <laughs> colors of the wind. <laughs> and I know it was a hugely popular song. And I know there's a lot of people who are probably very upset with me for having said that, but I won't take it back. <laughs> Oh, I know man. ultimately ultimately there's only one decision we can make. Yeah. Uh 
crap with that these sucks. three categories. Pocahontas pulls out an upset win. Upset maybe not by the numbers, but by my... Oh, no, no. It, it was by the numbers as well. That was another... Uh, both of our five seeds have advanced. My inside, my heart just hurts at that. All right, so... Well, what... for, for what it's worth, I don't think either one of them are probably going to do... Make it through this next neither round. Neither one yeah. of them were a real threat to make it through the next round. Okay, so looking um, at the... Really quick, looking at the timeline, we are running long so what we're gonna say is we're gonna say adieu for now and we're gonna make this part two so come back later to catch rounds two three in the final and we're gonna push through those uh not next week because next week is a highlights week but the week after we'll have the finish and we'll know who the best disney princess is so with that we will say adieu Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another Inkledoo podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please do us a favor and make sure to share it on all your own social media so that other people can find us and enjoy us as well. 